What's up, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the latest installment of the Hogline Podcast. Um, today we've got Mr. Kieran Morgan back on the show. Say what's up to Hogline Nation. How you guys doing? Uh, we are on episode 66 of the show, um, and we haven't really discussed college basketball yet, really, um, honestly, since the season started, and I um, obviously am really into college basketball, and I want to talk about that, and I had Kieran on for the college basketball preview show last uh, in the 2018-2019 season, the very beginning, um, so it seems like you are the, me and you are the resident uh, college basketball experts for hot dogs. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kieran and I were discussing before, uh, just here on this call, uh, before we started recording that, you know, college basketball is such a dense sport to follow. Like, there's obviously a billion teams, and it is honestly a, a lot to prepare for and a lot to know if you really want to get into it. Um, but we do our best. And uh, so that's just uh, our disclaimer here before we get into this is that we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. And um, we're just we went over we know went over the team as best we could. And we're going to, you know, just talk about what we know, I guess. All right. So you want to start off with the ACC? Yeah, no, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm just going to give the listeners a brief itinerary. Okay. Doing. Um, so I guess the, the, I was thinking of how we could, you know, what would be the best way to kind of give, uh, a, a snapshot of what's going on in college basketball. And the best way I thought of is that we're going to, you know, talk about the major conferences for, you know, roughly about, I don't know, maybe like four to six minutes or so. So, I mean, give or take a few, uh, but that being the ACC, the big 12, the big East, uh, the big 10, the PAC 12, the SEC, and then, at the end, we will uh, discuss some of the teams that are, are from mid-majors or, you know, just not in any of those main conferences per se. And then I guess we can say, give our uh, final four prediction. We'll throw a couple teams out there that we like at the end. But that's what roughly what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, briefly overview each conference, you know, say the, the teams that at this point are projected to make the tournament, go over some top players and... Um, some major, I guess, trends and storylines within each conference. Um, but without further ado, like Kieran said, I guess we'll start with the ACC. We'll go in alphabetical order. Um, what do you got in the ACC? So for the ACC, I mean, it's obviously a down year. Um, I think right now they only have a projected five teams in the tournament, which is kind of weird to think. Um, oh, it's only four. Wow. Um, coming, yeah, from but- their con- coming from their conference. Yeah, you're right. I think NC State might get a big boost. They beat uh, Duke last night, so that might give them a nice boost. I, I think UVA is a big sleeper. I like. I, I get. Um, it's been a down year for them, and their their conference record is not terrible. It's ten and five, which I guess for the ACC is impressive. But I've always liked their defensive style. I think if you can hold a team to fifty point fifty or sixty points a game, you're definitely going to be in it. Um, no matter what, uh, but they just always worry me with whether or not they're going to put the, the ball in the hoop. Like, I mean, I'm looking at their Notre Dame score. They won 50 to 49. They beat Clemson 51 to 44. Uh, um, they lost to FSU 54 to 50. I just, I don't, I like their defensive style and I think they're definitely something to sleep on in the tournament, but overall I like Louisville the best by far. 
Yeah, I kind of agree with your assessment of UVA to an extent. I think that they could definitely be a team that, you know, look right now it's looking like they'll be like a 10 or 11 seed. Um, but, I mean, yeah, if they get the right matchup, they can definitely win a game. I, I can't see them. Obviously, their ceiling is not as high as last year because, you know, I, you, you were right. Historically, they're a very defensive team. But what separated their last year's team that obviously went on to win the national championship was that they had scores like Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome and yeah and DeAndre I mean so like they had they had very good offensive options as well and that it was better than their you know historically on the offensive side but yeah they could definitely win a game um but yeah let's I guess we'll talk about Louisville real quick um led by Jordan Nora um and uh he's obviously one of the best players in the country he's kind of uh in a little bit of a slump past couple games and Louisville overall I guess is in a slump they have lost the past I think they lost their last two games unless they played recently and they won but I know as of a few days ago they lost those two games I think it was to Georgia Tech and Clemson that's not good yeah so they're in a little bit of a slump uh they're I don't know maybe they could figure it out but um yeah we'll see they they I guess their problem is that they don't really I don't know they don't have many guards they have a lot of they have a pretty strong front court, but they they kind of run it. I know Lamar Kimball. Yeah, I, but... so my and, and like I'm not like I obviously like being a St. Joe's fan. Like I'm more inclined. It might be like oh, you're just rooting for Lamar Kimball. Um, that is the only thing that kind of scares me a little bit about them. I love Lamar Kimball, but he was very frustrating his last year at St. Joe's. And I was very surprised when he transferred there just because, like, I never thought – I mean, I didn't think he was bad, but I didn't think he could even be a role player on Louisville. Like, I just didn't think he would get any playing time. So that's kind of always stuck out to me. He's, like, a little a little sketchy that he's getting he, – he's averaging 20 – averaging 21 minutes a game. So, like um, – and they – like, it's, like, their, their top four scores, none of them are guards. So – I, yeah. I don't know if I I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I just you're right. I just don't know if I can trust the backcourt of Louisville to make a deep run. They were a team I was initially pretty high on, but um, as, I don't trust I don't trust Duke though either. That's the thing. I trust them more than Duke. Like, I, would, it's not that you, I, don't, I don't know. It's not that I don't trust Duke, but and I mean they do have a very good guard center combo and trade uh trey jones and vernon carey like that's a very dynamic duo and you want experienced guards in the tournament i'll get into that later on but obviously that's a key to um tournament success i i read a stat earlier today that five out of the past 10 national champions have had an upperclassman all-american guard on their team well I mean, I didn't even think – I've never even thought about that. But when you kind of step back, yeah, you want someone who's got experience who can run your floor when you're coming down the home stretch in that big game. Exactly. Like, if you think back to the national championships – national champions of recent years, you've got last year, you got Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. Year before that, you have Jalen Brunson. Uh, oh, year, before the, year before that, you have – uh, North Carolina, I think Joel, Joel Berry and Ryan Argent Diacono a couple of years before that. So every year there's a there's guards that uh, specifically upperclassmen guards that are very, you know, they shine in the tournament. Even Kemba Walker going back very far in Chicago yeah. this year, like, you know, just 
upperclassmen guards are seem like to be the trend of teams that have tournament success. So, well, uh, but anyway, let's get yeah. back to the Duke. Um, yeah, I don't know. They uh, uh, their defense isn't that good, and it just they don't have the same the, 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 that they do previously. The, yeah, that like they don't seem to be as like like uh, threatening when they have Zion and just that athletic that athleticism. Um, which I mean, they're not like, I mean, obviously Vernon Carey's a a great athlete, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's definitely a a step down when you're talking about someone who is probably the biggest recruit coming out of college or going into the NBA since LeBron. And the only thing, like I've seen them play a few times and like, I just don't like their style. Like they sit around at the end of games. Like, I mean, I don't know if you watch that UNC overtime game. And like they won that, and it was an impressive comeback. But I, I just wasn't, uh, I just was not really impressed because I, I felt like it was Jones, just like driving into the basket. Everybody kind of stood around and watched, and then they got killed by NC State by twenty-two. I think it was, was this last night. I think, yeah, yeah, it was last night. Yep. That like I just I don't know. I don't trust them. I no, like I said, I, I really like Carrie a lot and I like Trey Jones, but the role players kind of, you know, are a little bit suspect to me. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk too much about them, but I don't know. Their role players aren't necessarily. Um, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a concern in my book. Um, all right. Uh, anything else in the ACC? We can move on. Anything else? No. I mean, North Carolina is a huge disappointment with Cole Anthony, but. It's just so weird. Not That's, like they're not even close. Like it's so I weird. Know. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 unbelievable, but they suck. <laughs> yeah. No, just not not their year. Um, I'm sure they'll bounce back, but it just wasn't in the cards for them this year. On to the Big Twelve. Yeah, we'll move on to the Big Twelve. Um, obviously led by number one in the country, Baylor, and not too far behind by Kansas who is number three, I believe. Yes, number number three, yes. They, they um, play each other in two days. It's a huge matchup. That is very big. Uh, do you know where, Do you know if it's at Baylor or Kansas? Do you know? Uh, let me check. I know I, I just look, I just saw this right before we That's started. It. It's, uh, it's at Baylor. Yeah, they, I mean, they already played once this year, and Baylor won. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah, just to go over some other teams, obviously West Virginia is probably firmly entrenched in the tournament spot, and Texas Tech and maybe Oklahoma as well. So those are kind of the five teams that are solidified as, um, you know, I guess locks at this point. Um, but let's go back to Baylor real quick. Obviously, you have a you have beef with Baylor. I just picked them to win the national championship and they lost in the first round a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, they're a balanced team. Like I like their, um, I like their scoring distribution. Um, Butler's obviously a great player, but I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I've never really been able to get over that. And then I, I know I shouldn't because that was like three or four years ago. Um, but until they prove that they can do it in the tournament, I'm never really going to trust them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I honestly am also with you that I don't really necessarily trust Baylor. Um, they play terrific defense, um, but their offense can kind of be stagnant at times. Unless like if Jared Butler doesn't really get going, 
I don't know. They they can seem like the offense seems just not very good. I don't know. So like their defense is always going to be there, but it's kind of a, a Virginia type of vibe where you you sometimes wonder where their points are going to come from. They're yeah. I mean like their front five actually. I guess their distribution their their top five scores is pretty even, but their bench kind of tails off a bit. I mean, which is obviously natural, but like it's still not great because now that I'm looking at it, top five of their how many is this? Yeah, top five of their six scores are all guards. So yeah, that that that's another point I wanted to highlight as well. And also, I forgot to mention this in the beginning, which I I should have, but a, a lot of my information that I get um from is from this other podcast that I listen to, college basketball. It's called um college basketball talk at nbc sports with rob dowser so if anyone listening wants to have more of a more in-depth look at college basketball and you know the breakdown of teams and players and everything this guy's really good so you should definitely check him out so a lot of my information i get from him as well um but anyway another point that he mentioned in his latest episode was that Baylor is very undersized. Like you mentioned that a lot of their scoring comes from guards and even like their guards are on the smaller side for guards height wise. So, um, and he also said a very interesting stat. He said that Butler, not Butler, Baylor, um, gets 13% of their shots blocked, which is the second most in the entire. Oh, wow. It's second most in the entire nation, not just of like the big 12 or anything of the entire nation. Do you know who number one is? St. Joe's. St. Joe's. <laughs> It's really not surprising, to be honest. I listened and I started cracking up. I'm not. I was like, I definitely have to mention uh, that to Kieran when we record this episode. So oh, yeah. Geez. But oh, yeah, that's that, that's a little concerning. They're undersized. So if they run into a team with bigger, more athletic, not not that their guards aren't athletic, but just bigger guards, then they might. I be mean, able- if if you run into if you, I mean, if they run into Duke with Carey or they run into you know Maryland with Smith, that's not good. Yeah, like exactly. just a potential matchup. I mean, obviously just a hypothetical, but yeah, I mean, not, not to take away from anything that they've done. They are on a 23 game winning streak and they've only lost one game in this season. Um, so the, I mean, got to give credit where credit is due, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, of course, I mean, no, they're a great, they're a great team and that's not to say, but the thing is like, I think the tournament's really kind of, uh, a lot of it's mental. I think a lot of it's like actually like being able to show up in the big moments and you can have like the best skilled team in the nation. But if you, if you have a habit of getting into the big games, with the big lights and you can't handle it, then it's just not going to go well for you. You have to enjoy it. And I don't, they've never, never shown me that will in the tournament to do anything really worthwhile. You're right. But I also think you're a little biased and salty. No offense. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Um, Yeah, let's talk about Kansas for a minute here before we move on. Um, They're obviously having another spectacular year. Nothing new for the Jayhawks because they're always seem to be a top seed in the tournament and they always seem to own the Big 12. Um, Obviously, they're carried by Devin Dotson and uh, Azabuki, the big man. Uh, That's another I'd say that's a top five guard center combo in the nation, um, which I really like what I think Devin Dotson is. I don't know if he's a junior or a sophomore. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, but I like his game. He's very athletic. He's, he thrives in transition. And uh, Azabuki, I don't know his exact stats, but I'm a big fan of his game as well. But I just like that combination. And I, I, 
I'm typically not a Kansas guy. I'm usually shy. I usually fade them when I'm filling out my bracket come March. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm getting a different vibe from this year. I know it's a year where there's not really a top team. And uh, for some reason, I feel like I can trust them. And I, I don't know why, but I'm just getting a, a good vibe from them, um, which when I usually don't. Who did they? Uh, they lost DeSousa to that huge fight with Kansas State, right? Uh, yeah, that was, I forgot about that until you mentioned that's that. Like, yeah, so like that was my only concern about if they lost anybody significant. But I think it was just D'Souza. I'd have to look that up afterwards. I know he was definitely involved, and then I don't know if anybody else got suspended. Um, right. But he, uh, like, he didn't. He only averaged eight minutes a game. So, right. So Azabuki averages thirteen points and nine point eight rebounds, and Devin Dotson averages eighteen four and four, shooting forty seven percent. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good. He's not the best outside shooter, but he's very athletic and um, really thrives in the transition game. So if they can really, you know, they might struggle a tiny bit if I'm nitpicking here with Kansas in like a half court, a really slow kind of half court offense kind of game. Um, but if they can get out in front of teams, they that they're definitely going to have the advantage every time. Um. Anything else? We kind of just talked about Baylor and Kansas, but that's the cream of the crop in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's that's, that's all you need. That's all you need to know. Right. Um, maybe Texas Tech. I mean, I know they obviously made the the finals uh, last year. Obviously, it's not the same team. No Jared Culver there, but Chris Beard's a great coach. Um, they're always going to be very good on the defensive end. I guess the the Big Twelve in general is a very good defensive conference. So. Um, I don't know. They they've got that experience, and experience counts for something. So maybe I could see Texas Tech winning a couple game, maybe one or two games. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we will move on, I guess, to the Big East, and big great year for the Big East. A lot of teams in the conference, very competitive. Um, even DePaul in the beginning, even I mean, I know DePaul kind of fell off as of now, but in the beginning of the year, they were kind of playing teams tough and. I saw a game or two of them, and they they played well. So, the the Big East in general is just very competitive, and um, I don't know what's what's your impression of the Big East. Yeah, I love I do love uh, Seton Hall. I do love uh, Pal on Seton Hall. I think he's fantastic. Um, like I I think I love him, and then obviously I mean who doesn't like Marcus Howard on Marquette? Um, I do. I don't know if I really see any. I think they're super deep. Um, and like the thing is, like, I think I could see Seton Hall, like obviously Nova and Marquette, even may- maybe making like a sweet six getting to the second weekend. But I don't know if any of them stand out enough for me to pick them to be in the final four. Um, I just don't really trust. I don't know. I was my one buddy uh, who I go to school with is a huge Seton Hall fan. Um and I forget who they just who did they just lose to that wasn't great. It was Providence, I think. Um, they got their butts handed to them. And Providence isn't fantastic. I mean, they're fifteen and twelve, and they lost to Providence. They only lost by three, but still. And they got a good one over Butler. But I don't. I don't. I'm not crazy on the East on the Big East. They're they're deep and they're really good. I just don't know if I trust them with like my big picks in the tournament going far they'll definitely get a couple out of the first weekend obviously but 
I uh, I watched a little bit of the game last night. They played Butler. Uh, it came down to the wire. It was very close throughout. Um, actually, Butler was winning most of the, honestly, probably the first 20 to 25 minutes. And Seton Hall really came back, and they won it at the buzzer. Um, but uh, I, I like Seton Hall. Obviously, uh, Rutgers beat them, which we're really <laughs> hanging on to that win, which is going to look really good for us. Um, but I, Seton Hall is a good team. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Marcus Howard, leading scorer in the nation. Um, I, I, I know you don't. I know you don't really have many good things to say about Nova. You never really do. I mean, here's the thing I'll say about Nova. Like, Gillespie is a really smart player, so that's great. And, and Sadiq Bay is is unbelievable. I mean, he can just he is so big and so athletic, and he can just like turn it on in the like on the like flip of a switch. Um, I think he scored. I went to the Nova Georgetown game, and I think he had like 20 points in the first half, and he just ate them alive, and he couldn't miss from three. And when he came to St. Joe's, um, he was a little slow uh, at first, but then like he just started to eat us alive down low. Somehow we were in that game, uh, but there was just like nothing we could do against how athletic he is. So I like I like Bay a lot. I just I don't know if I see them having that same like top tier player that they did with uh Brunson or Archie Diacono like a nice like a, a really nice solid veteran um I don't think Gillespie I mean I like Gillespie he's good but like I'm not at the same time ready to compare him to Archie Diacono or Jalen Brunson I don't know I don't know I I'm obviously biased because I'm I love Archbishop Wood and I like I, I'm been watching Gillespie since he was in high school, but um, I don't know. I really like Nova this year. I'm also I'm not obviously I'm not a, a big of a Nova hater as you are, and but I'm not necessarily the guy that's like that's gonna. I I don't typically pick Nova to go that far, um, but I don't know for some reason I'm liking them more this year than I typically do. Uh, you mentioned Sadiq Bay, obviously very athletic and he's just an all around great player. Um, but it's honestly not, it's not just Sadiq Bay and Gillespie. They've got other players too. Like they've got a killer freshman, Justin Moore shooting 40% from three. Um, and also what's that guy, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's yeah. So like they've got freshmen that are good and, um, but that's, a, that's the thing. That's, that's, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I, they, I mean, Spellman did win in his freshman year and he was obviously like a healthy part of that team but i just like i I don't see them as having that same i think sadiq bay is as good as any player they've had like athletic but i don't know if gillespie in the big games can run like archie diacono and brunson were amazing athletes and like or obviously they're nba players i don't don't think gillespie's got a living chance and at anything to play in the nba so ah i mean I don't know though. I mean, I it, I wouldn't compare him to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's a tier above, but honestly, Archie Diacono, like he's not like <sighs> it's not like he was like an an exceptional athlete though. Like, I, I I know, but just even looking at him, I don't know. There's something about Archie Diacono. Like Archie Diacono, when he was coming down the floor, like I was always like, oh crap. But there, I don't fear Gillespie at all. Gillespie will kind of float around and he'll drain a three. Um. I just don't I, – I, I've never – and he's a great player. Don't get me – don't take this as like I'm trashing Gillespie. 
he's a fantastic player and they're ranked 12th in the nation. They're a great team. And I don't want it to come across as like, I'm just openly like hating against Nova. I mean, I do hate Nova, but like, I don't know. It's not, it's not that same, that same feeling I think of that national championship year. Um, Right. I, I think from, I guess we'll leave it at this in my assessment of them. They're not quite there. Obviously is the 2017 team that, 2017 2018 team that won the national championship but i definitely do think they're better than last year the team that lost in the second round i think they're better than that yeah i'll definitely i mean i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna pick them to go to the sweet 16 but once they once they run into really any top tier big conference team like i like i definitely think they don't stand a chance i i think dayton would run them out of the gym I mean, not liter- not kill them, but I would definitely pick Dayton or a team like that to beat them. I don't know. I'm or really, Duke. I'm like a Nova. I'm trying to temper my expectations because they're not the same team that had, you know, Eric Pascal and Phil Booth and Spellman and Brunson. They're not that good, but they're definitely, I think, a step up from last year, and I think they're very talented. So um, I guess we'll move on. We didn't really – There's a, like you said, it's a very deep conference. They've got, like, I don't want to gloss over Creighton. I'm a big – I like Creighton a lot. Not necessarily the biggest Butler fan after watching them last night. I know it's kind of a one-game sample size, but for some reason they I don't really get a good vibe from Butler. I feel like they're slightly underwhelming, but um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I didn't want to glance over the whole conference because they're definitely a team, that uh, definitely a conference in general that um, I have a big appreciation for. But nonetheless, we'll move on to the conference I probably know best, the Big Ten. I'm going to leave this one up to you. <laughs> uh, right now, in the latest bracketology, there's 10 teams that are projected to make the tournament from the Big Ten. That is insane. Um, that is I think insane. The record, I believe, is 11. Is uh, that the uh, old ACC or the old Big East? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember. And I don't even know if that's entirely accurate. I believe I heard somewhere or read somewhere that it was 11. Um, but I could be wrong. But nonetheless, the 10 teams that are projected as of now, I believe, to make the tournament are Michigan State, Michigan, Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, excuse me, Indiana, and Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin. Honestly, though, there's there's some people, not me, I don't agree with this, but some people are saying Purdue should make it. I don't agree with that at all. Like their overall record is terrible. They can't. I mean, if Purdue got into the tournament over a good mid-major team, that would be that would be awful. Yeah, I, I, I Purdue is. Trust me, Purdue is not that good. I saw them play in person uh, a month ago. They're not that good. Um, what was I gonna say? A lot of top-tier star players in the conference. Just to run through a couple, Anthony Cowan out of Maryland, Jalen Smith from Maryland, Lamar Stevens from Penn State, Xavier Simpson from Michigan, Luca Garza in particular, who will probably win Conference Player of the Year from Iowa, and uh, DeSumo from Illinois. Uh, Honestly, there's so many teams to talk about, and there's not that much time that we have to talk about them, but I guess let's start with uh, Maryland for a quick minute, because we were talking about them in the beginning. Um, it sounds like we're both uh, buying the Maryland hype as of now. I yeah I am. Um, I really like their big man Jalen Smith. Um, if you're averaging 15 and 10 and you're shooting 54 percent from the field, 
I love a, a really good big man. Um, and that, as people will discover, my love for college, I judge college basketball, basketball through a St. Joe's lens. So if we lack something and another team has it, I am incredibly jealous. Um, so I love, I love Jalen Smith. Um, and he's, he's fantastic. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm buying into it. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was saying like, no way I'm trusting Maryland, but just with how well they've been doing, uh, and with, with that guard and big man combo, I, I kind of like them. Yeah. They're kind of a team. I mean, I'll just, uh, Jalen Smith, just to, uh, expand upon your love for him. Like you mentioned, 50, averages 15.5 points, 10.5 rebounds. But also another thing w- which makes him so unique and special, for especially for a man who's six foot ten and 230 pounds, averages 2.3 blocks, and he also shoots 38% from three. Like he's a, he can, she can take three. It's not even like he's a bad shooter. He is an excellent shooter, not just for a big man. Like 38% for anyone is like fantastic. So he... um. He's unbelievable. He can really do it all. And we mentioned Anthony Cowan, very good as well. At times, he can be a little bit um, inefficient. He doesn't have the best, you know, efficiency metrics, but... No, he only shoots 39% from the field. Exactly, but, he, like, there's times where he just takes over. Like, the game against Rutgers, the, it was a very close game throughout, and, you know, back and forth, it pretty much tied the whole game, but when they needed to with like five, six minutes left, he, he scored like 12 straight points or something like that. So I've definitely seen him take over games and he's talented. He's a senior. He's been to the tournament before. And, um, I'm really liking Maryland's. Uh, I know that they've historically have not fared well in the tournament, but this is, I think the most complete team that they have. And if they're ever going to do it, this would be the year. Give us a little rundown on Rutgers. What's uh, what's what's changed this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously we got to talk about Rutgers. Um, <laughs> we haven't made the tournament since 1991. Prior- oh God, you guys got to hang on. Got to hang on. It's the longest drought in the major conferences in college basketball. Um, oh jeez. The longest active drought. Prior to a couple weeks ago when we were ranked 24th, we had not been ranked since my parents were 10 years old, and my parents are 52. Uh, Sorry, 51. They're not 52. 51. Nonetheless, (laughs) hadn't been ranked prior to this season since 1979. Um, But you asked what changed. Uh, Our coach, Steve Peichel, has been the coach since I've been at Rutgers, which is four years. He um, And I... Even though the past couple of years we hadn't been that great, I was always a big fan of his. And it, the thing with college sports is that it takes time. Like, you need to see their recruiting class play through the school, right? So yeah, really, that's the thing. It, it's it's gonna t- it's a a rebuild in college basketball is not like a rebuild in the NBA. You can't just sign some free agent or bring in draft picks who are gonna be unbelievable right off the bat. You're gonna you're bringing in high school kids who are so raw and they need at least a couple of years to develop. Exactly. So he really knocked that out of the park with the uh, class of 2018. So the current sophomores, and uh, I mean specifically Ron Harper Jr. is very athletic. He's the son of a. Uh, five-time NBA champion Ron Harper with the Bulls and the Lakers. He um, 
he's honestly our best offensive talent. Uh, we've got I don't know who else to say. Who's who else would have mentioned? Geo Baker's a junior. He didn't come from that uh, recruiting class, but he's our, I guess, token upperclassman who's kind of the the leader of the team. He's the captain. Um, we got Jacob Young, who's a transfer from Texas. He couldn't play last year. He comes off the bench, but he plays a pretty. He averages like eight points a game, I believe. A quasi Yaboa transfer from Stony Brook, who is a junior, redshirt junior, I, I think. Uh, he averages 10 points a game. We are at one point a couple weeks ago we were 14th in the nation in defense. Obviously, that's our our strong suit is defense. But honestly, the it's just a very good cohesive unit. Um, no egos on the team. No one like our our leading scorer is Ron Harper with like not even 12 points a game. So very distributed scoring. Um, it, the offense can be very frustrating at times, but it's a very, this is a special team, you know, watching them throughout the year. And I just, we, the thing is though, I don't want to talk too much about them, <laughs> uh, but we only have one road win the entire year. You only have one road win. We're 17 and one at home. Wait, hold on. I did not see that. Where the, how did I miss that? We're 17 and one at home and one and six on the road with two neutral losses. So it is a real problem that we cannot win on a road, which I, another statistic to throw out you guys that there has only been one Holy there's only been one team in in the past 25 years, I believe, that has made the tournament with less than th- 3 road wins and it's only it's only happened once. Does that make you nervous? It does make me a little nervous because at this point we're like we look like we're, you know, pretty safe. We're 18 and 9 overall. Nine and seven in the Big Ten, which is the most competitive conference in, in college basketball this year. Yeah, I mean, um, great, great Ken Palm numbers, great defensive numbers. So it look, and we've got wins over Penn State and Seton Hall, and Illinois, and Wisconsin. So we've got really good wins, uh, not too many bad losses, and the metrics look good. But that road win thing is really, you know, messing with my mind. Yeah, you. Uh... You, uh, that would not sit well with me. I'm looking at, trying to see it in your schedule if you got any, oh, you got a, you got a tough end. Exactly. So it makes me a little nervous. I'm just hoping we can hang on. And I just, I just want to make the tournament in any capacity. I don't mm-hmm. care what seed we are. I just want to get. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I, maybe, I mean, if you can go to Wisconsin and get one that's huge, I can't see you guys walking into Penn state and getting one real offense. And then if you somehow pulled off a win against Maryland, that would be enormous. Yeah. That if you beat Maryland, you'd secure your spot in the tournament probably. Yeah, in, in that game's at home. So even if we win that yeah. game, if we win that game, I don't think the road thing maybe even not e- won't even matter at that point. So we'll see. Um I I like Iowa. They're not necessarily the most athletic team. Uh, like I mentioned, Luca Garza is having a spectacular year. He's honestly, a, I think he's a top five player in college basketball. He is really uh, good. I like Illinois, especially if they can get Desumu back. He was out for a couple games with a knee injury. Um, I don't know. I, I'm also I'm always a sucker for Michigan. I always seem to pick them. They always seem to get hot at the right time. And honestly, they're fighting their groove now. They they're getting a little hot. And Isaiah Livers, who's probably their best player. Um, is hurt currently, but if he can get healthy, 
Um, they could be dangerous and they could be a team to watch. So hopefully I don't fall into the trap I usually do. And just, I, I always overpick Michigan and it makes me mad, but I'm, I'm rooting for them this year. They're always doing, they always do this. They always get hot at the end, the end. And it just, I don't know, something about it. So watch out for Michigan as well. Um, yeah. So we can honestly have a whole podcast in the big 10 that takes forever. to. (laughs) So I guess we'll move on and spare the listeners for now. Um, two more conferences to go. The next one probably won't take that long because, to be honest, I don't know much about the Pac-12 and I never really do. I never. Uh, it's. I mean, I never. I honestly love to put on West Coast basketball, but I'm more into the West Coast con- and little conferences than the big than the Pac-12. Yeah, it's just like I vote. Well, I don't want to. I want to talk about Oregon before we move on, but um, I've never been an Arizona guy. I don't know much about Colorado. I know they're ranked, and I, I don't know, I know much about them. But I don't know. It's just uh, the conference as a whole always seems to disappoint me, especially in the tournament. I remember one year it was probably their best year. They had like seven or eight teams, and I don't. I think they went like one in six or something like that. Oh, jeez. Right. So. I don't know, uh, but I definitely want to talk about Oregon. Oregon is a team that I like and I kind of trust. Uh, their team, obviously, well, I, what seed were they last year? Like 11 or 12? They were 12, I believe. Didn't they make it to the Sweet 16 last year? They did make the Sweet 16. They were the only double-digit seed to make it last year to the Sweet 16. Um, Peyton Pritchard, who is their best player this year, really came alive. It was his coming out party last year in the tournament. Um, and I guess they kind of retained a lot of their players from last season and that last year's team. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I like them. I like Peyton Pritchard a lot. I trust Dana Oldman, who's their coach. Um, he's made a fine, he made a final four. What was that? Like, I think my freshman year of college. So about three or four years ago, they made the final four. Um, he's a coach that, you know, he knows how to coach in March and I trust Oregon for some reason. So. Um, I guess they're my exception to the Pac-12. Yeah, I like Pritchard. I mean, he can obviously shoot the ball well. Um, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I always forget about their coach. Um, and then um, he, he is really. I'll, I'll give you that, but I'm still not gonna pick him. <laughs> I, I can never trust the the Pac-12 to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Um. I guess we move on. I feel like we had to mention them in some capacity because they are, you know, a big conference and they have three ranked teams. So it's not like it's a, you know, it's not like they're bad, but um, we just, I guess we have East coast bias, but uh, we can't uh, trust them. Oh yeah, I know it is East coast bias, but I don't care. Um, on to the sec. Yeah. The, we'll talk about the sec. Uh, they, how many teams are projected out of them? Four or five, four, four. Yeah, um, kind of top heavy with Auburn and Kentucky, uh, LSU and Florida round out for the tournament teams. Um, I guess I don't know what do, what are your thoughts on the SEC and what teams you like, what teams you don't like. What do you think? I like I like Kentucky. Um, I've I mean not gonna I I've always trusted Calipari. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people don't like his methods, but I do think he is a good coach. Um, I don't think 
uh, you know what I mean? I, I think a lot of people get mad because like everywhere he's gone, there's always been a scandal. Um, but I do like, um, I do like them. And, you know, you're talking about guard play. Um, you know, you're looking at quickly, Emmanuel quick, quickly, uh, Tyrese Maxey and Ashton Hagens, um, who are all averaging at least 12 points a game. So I like that, but I, I, I don't know. To be honest, like, I know I've probably said a lot throughout this podcast, like, I just don't trust them. I don't, like, I just, there's not a team, to be honest, that really stands out to me. You know what I mean? Are you talking about in the SEC or general? Just in general. Like, there's there's a there's a few teams I like, but I just, I don't. I, I don't think I've ever been more unsure of who I like in a, at the end of a college basketball season than this year. Yeah, this year is um, definitely a unique one. There's not a top team. Uh, there's no like that Duke of last year with the big three freshmen or um, I don't know, or Kentucky of years past with Car Anthony Towns or just Nova being the unanimous one seed or anything so there's just not really a, an elite team there's which, been there's been a ton of upsets which i really like it's it's been a very fun oh year. it's been awesome i i would i would rather be entertained with like i'd rather have parody than an elite team that just dominates um but like i mean can you imagine at the beginning of the year if i told you like the one seeds as of right now are gonna be kansas gonzaga like all right that makes sense right but then the other two are baylor and san diego state yeah, I wouldn't have. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have known. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't. Like, I, and I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like. I mean, I might have just been ignorant on how good Baylor and San Diego State were projected to be, like at the beginning of this year. But I, that is very surprising. And if you told me Dayton was going to be a two seed, I'd tell you you're nuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're right. I, I definitely love the unpredictability, but. Um, I do like Kentucky out of the SEC, though. I will say that. Yeah, I uh, the 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 basketball podcast that I referenced earlier on the show really had a big in depth. Uh, they seem to talk about Kentucky a lot. One of the co hosts is a Kentucky fan, so they do talk about Kentucky a lot, and I feel like I know a decent amount about them. Uh, they are really good. Nick Richards, who we didn't mention, is having a spectacular year. I think he's a is he a junior or senior? I'm gonna look that up. Um, he was part of that quad a green, um, recruiting class. Like all those guys, he is a junior <laughs> quad a green. Like that was like a big, uh, I don't, I forget who else was in that recruiting class, but, uh, like maybe shy Gilgis Alexander, like those guys, okay. like, like that recruiting class. So he's part of them. And a lot of them either, you know, left, like either entered the draft or explored other options or whatnot, but he stayed. Um, and he, his first two years, he honestly kind of struggled. He's having, he's improved tr- tremendously this year. He's averaging 14 and a half points and eight rebounds and 2.3 blocks. Um, he's, uh, he's really come into his own this year. So he's honestly probably their best player. Uh, and you mentioned the guards. Um, so they're definitely a great team and they have the wins to back it up. They're 21 and five overall. And they're, you know, sitting in first place in the SEC. Uh, one problem that the, you know, podcast kind of mentioned that they might have is their guards are all undersized and they're honestly more like point guards. And then they have two big men. So they, they kind of lack wings and like 
and kind of guys that can stretch the floor and like the two through four position. Yeah. It's kind of an unconventional team, but it seems to be working up until this point. So um, we'll see how that goes. And it's kind of, you know, a cliche narrative to, to push, but there's something to be said, like uh, coaches that have been there, we just seem to trust them more than teams that, you know, usually, you know, uh, don't perform as well in March or haven't been there before. So Calipari is a coach that we can trust. Gotta love him, even if I turn my head the other way when he's recruiting. <laughs> um, I guess we'll talk about Auburn real quick before we go on to our final uh, section here. Auburn's an interesting team. They made the Final Four last year. Um, they lost a couple of pieces, but they're still a good team. Uh, they're kind of weird to figure out. They are 22-4, and four, I believe they are. Yep. Yeah, twenty-two and four, nine and four in the SEC. I I don't know what metric I saw, but it's like it's some type of statistic that measures like luck. I don't know what it was called, or I don't know what you know statistics went into figuring this out. But Auburn, it said they're one of the luckiest teams this year. I don't know what that I, means. Well, I mean, I'm I'm looking at some of their wins, and they're not like. I mean, they beat South Carolina. Oh, that's that's by thirteen. They beat Iowa State by four. They beat Ole Miss by one. They beat Arkansas by three. LSU by one. Alabama by four. Um, they so they've got like their their recent conference. Some of their recent conference wins have definitely not been blowouts or anything. They've definitely the teams have definitely kept it close. And then they're on a spill right now. They lost by. Oh God, Florida! They lost to Florida, sixty-nine to forty-seven. That was a little while ago, and then they lost by twelve to Missouri, and they lost at Georgia by ten, which isn't good. But I mean, you only four. If you got if you got four losses on the season, you're allowed to have a couple of those games. So right, and they're also five and zero in overtime games, which that's that's also a big narrative that you know analysts like to look at. If if you're winning either overtime games or one possession games, typically that's hard to, to sustain over a long period of time. And it's just, you wonder if that can hold up over a whole tournament at a certain, at a certain point, you know, like the bounces just don't go your way and the calls don't go your way or things could go wrong. Yeah. That, that is very true. I didn't even think about that. Right. But I mean, it's, a, they're very interesting. They don't shoot the ball particularly well, but they're also a team that forces a lot of turnovers, um, and they go on a lot of runs. Like they'll just they'll be down by five, and then all of a sudden they'll be up by twelve points. So they, like they're a very you know athletic team, um, but like we said, they're it's kind of a difficult team to figure out in a sense. They like you also alluded to, they don't have the strongest of. Um, they don't have the best wins this year. Like their competition for being an SEC was a little bit light. Um, yeah, the, the SEC. What was the one year? Was that last year or two years ago? Where the SEC like kind of came came out of the blue with those? They had like a I think a few more teams in the tournament than they usually do. Um, I, I forget what year that was. To be honest. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think it was last year. It may have been a couple years ago. Okay. Um, but anyway, we're kind of running out of time here. So I guess we'll move on. Uh, wanted to leave a few minutes at the end for teams that are 
you know, not in these big conferences that obviously are having fantastic years that we wanted to highlight a little bit. In particular, I guess we'll talk about Gonzaga, San Diego State, and Dayton. Um, we'll give about a minute each on each team. Thoughts on Gonzaga? Go ahead. What do you think? Uh, I, I always trust Gonzaga, to be honest. I love Mark Few. He's such a good coach. Um, they always recruit well. They always pull in players that are that, that just like they're not like top, you know what I mean, like of the line like all the time. But they're, they're just such a such a good team. Um, like looking at their like their roster, like, I mean, they had seven players and double figures, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, they're all shooting 56, 48, 51, like I got 43, 49, 52, 62% from the field. And for me, more than anything, I love their coach. And I do like uh, the, the Tilly kid is also a really good player. I like him a lot. And he's not even their top scorer. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I love Gonzaga. Killian Tilly's really good. He's a re- very versatile defender, um, very versatile player overall. The only thing with him is that he on, he's had a lot of health issues this season. I don't know if that can. I'm cautious of whether that'll hold up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I thought he was supposed to be ready for the tournament. Yeah, he he no he, he might, but it just seems like he's had a lot of naggy injuries. Like for some reason, I just I don't see him. I don't know. I don't think he played their last game. I could be mistaken, but he just seems like he's got health issues. I haven't really seen too much of them, but that Petrusev guy seems like he's really having a great year. He averages like 17 and 9 or something like that. Something crazy. Um, I don't know if I'll find it, but yeah, he's having a great year. I mean, high-powered offense. You just said they seven guys in double figures, so... Um, we'll see about Gonzaga. Um, what do you think about San Diego State? Oh my God! So this is the enigma that I I've, I really have no idea what to think. I mean, I, I can't say I've watched them. Obviously, uh, Malak. I think you pronounce his name Malaki Flynn. I think it's Mal- Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn. Uh, not Malak. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Malaki. Um, <laughs> uh, he's obviously ridiculous. He leads their team in points. And steals, um, averaging just under 17. Um, obviously, I mean, like, if you're 20, I mean, a lot of people, like, who I've talked to saying, I just don't trust them. They don't play anybody. I mean, if you, at the end of the day, if you're 26 and 0, <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to, 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 like, diss them, if you want to say, or criticize them. Uh, you can definitely make a case like that you might not trust them in a tournament because they haven't really had, like, a great, that great of competition. I know they got Utah state in their conference. Um, but besides that, um, like I'm looking at their schedule now, they beat Iowa. Yeah, no, I was going like, to, I was going to highlight their wins. Obviously you mentioned the lack of competition, but they do have wins over Creighton, BYU, Utah state and Iowa. When they played Iowa, they limited Luca Garza to nine points. Yeah. So, I mean, like I, like, don't get me wrong. They, they haven't played any like uh, premier program this year. Like they've definitely played some top twenty-five teams, but they haven't played any like you know what I mean. They haven't played Duke or you know somebody like that to really like get a, a really good test to see if they can handle uh, going far in the tournament. But I, I mean, I if they go undefeated and they win their conference, I can't not put them in the later in the tournament. I just can't. So we'll see. I don't know. 
I got to watch some more of them, to be honest, like in their conference tournament to get a feel. I'm going to, I'm definitely, this is definitely the team I'm going to check out more. I, you know, I tend, if I don't know much about a team, I tend to fade them, which is not a good strategy when filling out brackets and talking about a team. You definitely should do your due diligence and either watch the team or look, look up, you know, their games and whatnot. So I'm definitely starting to do that. And the more I look up, the more I look into this team, the more I like them. Uh, you mentioned Malachi Flynn. He is averaging, you know, 16 points, I think five, around five assists. Um, and they have a kind of, they have a big man, Matt Mitchell, very athletic, explosive big man. Uh, and they're just a good team. They're very athletic. And I just, I don't think people should take them lightly just because they're, and what conference are they in? I don't even the know. The Mountain West. Just because no. the Mountain West, people should not take them lightly. Uh, oh, no, I mean, if you if you are undefeated, I don't care what conference you're in. And if you're undefeated or you have one loss going into the tournament, there is like, every team should fear you because obviously you're a great team. Um, and they shouldn't take you lightly just because you might have not have played like a what they think is like a premier team. But, exactly. I mean, they, they have played pretty good teams, you've said, so you can't take them lightly in the tournament. Right. Um, all right. We are definitely short on time here. Don't mean to rush you here, but we'll, we'll t- Dayton, give me 30 seconds on Dayton and then we'll give our, uh, couple teams we like for the final four. Give me 30 uh, seconds. I love Dayton. Um, their new coach since he's gotten there, uh, has really kind of turned them around. Uh, they were, like, I knew they were going to be good this year. Obviously I did not expect them to be fifth in the nation projected at a two seed. Uh, it's kind of surreal. I mean, I mean, you guys know, like Obi Tobin is just like un- absolutely unbelievable. He's he's player of the year in my book. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Jalen Crutcher is really good. Um, they're, they they it's really hard to find something wrong with Dayton. Uh, their one criticism, like San Diego State, is like they're in the A10, and I mean, I love the A10. Obviously, it's my favorite conference. I watch it the most. I know the most about it. Like that's the conference I know the most about because it's the one I see a lot of the games. Um, and they're undefeated in the A10. They've taken care of teams when they should have. Um, they had a close game with VCU recently. Uh, close game with Duquesne uh, and St. Louis. But like the thing is, they've even in those close games, they've been resilient, and those games are going to happen. So. I, I really don't have anything to say about Dayton, uh, besides the fact that they're a Final Four team, I think. All right. There you have it. I guess that transitions into what I want to talk about next is just just give me, I guess in addition to Dayton, give me uh, three other teams that you could make. All right. So I'm, I'm going off the ESPN bracketology. Um, Dayton, I'm going with because I don't like their side of the bracket. Um I could also see Penn State, too. They've really impressed me a lot throughout the rest of this year. Um, I feel like every time I've seen that, I, when I saw that they were ranked, I was like, oh, they're definitely going to tail off. It's Penn State basketball. Uh, but I like the fact that they've kind of proven a lot of people wrong. So Penn State, I'd keep an eye on for a, a deep run or maybe a Final Four run. Kansas, Maryland. Oh, God, that's that's so hard to pick. I'd probably go with Maryland because I love Smith. Um, Gonzaga is a Final Four team for me. And then... Oh, I don't like the East at all. San Diego State, Duke, Seton Hall, Auburn, Marquette. 
I would probably keep my eye on, oh, God. I know I just said I wouldn't pick a Big East team to go, but I really like Marquette in that bracket. I don't know. We'll see. How about you? Out of the current bracketology, in the South, I'm picking Michigan. I know I do this every year. For the Final Four? Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you, real, do you realize that prior to last year, there has been a seven seed or lower in the Final Four, like eight out of the past nine years? That's insane. Like I, it's, they, I, I look it up. I, I forget. the. That's not exactly right, but it's something like that. Like, think about it. Like, Loyola Chicago, 11. Uh, what was it? Syracuse that one year they were a 10 that was like my senior year of high school um obviously going way back to UConn and Kentucky they were seven and eight in the in the championship there's like four or five other examples over the past decade where there's a low seed making it and I'm just I'm telling you that there will be a team I, I'm I'm almost certain about it. There will be a team that's like a six seed or lower that's going to make the final four. Um, oh, that's I don't like I, I want that to happen obviously because that's the best thing about the tournament. Oh gosh, I just have no idea who I'm going to pick. It's definitely tough. I just said Michigan, and that's only that's with an asterisk because they definitely have to get healthy and figure some things out. But they're a team that's talented enough to make it, and that's why I picked them. And I didn't love the South, so that's why I picked Michigan. But um, to close it off. I'm picking San Diego State. I think they're going to prove people wrong. All right. And I think also Duke's uh, vulnerable in that bracket because obviously we didn't really love Duke this year. So San Diego State, uh, Michigan. In the West, I I did this earlier. Um, I think I said Maryland. And then the West, I picked Nova. I, <laughs> if you're going to have to pour, you're going to have to pour hot water over my head if Nova makes the torna- the final four. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just can't I just can't do it. Yeah, so that that's that's what I went with as of now. Obviously a ton can change between now and selection Sunday. Uh where who the matchups are, where the teams have to go, injuries, player teams getting hot. There's so many factors so but um that's kind of a little exercise of who we would pick if that was the bracket right now. All right. Uh, we are at an hour. We got to go. I've got an intramural basketball game in about 40 minutes, so I got to get going for that. But nonetheless, Kieran, thank you for hopping on the podcast. And, yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Love talking college basketball, and we'll definitely um, – maybe on the Hogline Instagram, we'll all post our brackets this year. I don't think we've done that the past couple of years, but we'll all right. post our brackets. We, everyone can see. Me, me we'll def- and you might be together for Selection Sunday because I'll be, I'll be home. So Good. That's the first time in a couple of years, I feel. Yeah, that'll be fun. Definitely good. Um, and also, we'll probably, honestly, most likely do a bracket, um, an ESPN bracket challenge through the Hogline podcast. So everyone stay tuned for that, and we'll definitely get something organized there. And um, we'll see who can have the best bracket and whatnot. See if you're better than the Hogline experts here. Jeez. <laughs> I have, I've had terrible luck in the tournament recently. All you have to do is don't pick Baylor, and you'll be fine. Yeah, I know, but I picked UVA to win it all the year they lost to uh, UMBC. 
that too. So maybe don't maybe you listen to me and not Karen. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I think I just got stripped of my like my expert title, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're really exposing yourself here. Um, all right, anyone, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to us on all platforms. Follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast, and we will see you next time, folks.